Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Car show with your host. So sad today. Hi. Well, today is a very special day. It is a very special episode of Eating Alone in My Car. Um, Today, as promised, it's the Taco Bell episode. That's right. That's right. You heard it here first. Um, Popped over to Taco Bell. I got two soft tacos. Uh, I've got a chicken soft taco, um, which is currently congealing in uh, its paper. Um, By the time I open that one, it will probably be, um, you know, all the paper, the taco, it will have all become one. And that's just part of this Taco Bell life. Um, However, currently, I have begun on taco number one. I got two soft tacos. Uh, Currently, I am on the soft taco supreme and let me just tell you this is a taste explosion right here okay um you know it's a beautiful I'm having a beautiful experience right now it's 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 an orgasm of the mouth um we've got the uh the weird um chopped chopped meat um we've got the lettuce in quotation marks which has congealed with the meat and cheese and we've got a little sour cream low fat sour cream might I add as that's how the Taco Bell rolls nowadays Um, I mean two soft tacos for less than 400 calories this makes not only my mouth happy but also my neuroses very very happy Um, you know it's a new world yeah we, we live in a we live in a fucked up world but some things There are some simple pleasures that are just okay. When I bite into this soft taco supreme, you know, it's an okay world. The world is uh, right here. The world, because we live in a moment. That's all we, we, all we have is the moment. We don't know what's going to happen next. You know, this is the zen of the soft taco. Some people are able to live in a moment fairly comfortably. For myself, it really takes um, an intense pleasure to tether me to a moment. Um, And not just pleasure, but the pleasure confined within a knowable amount of calories. And then I I can feel safe, I can let my guard down, and I can be tied to this moment. I can really exist. I'm, I, I become the taco. That's really what's happening right now. I'm becoming this soft taco supreme uh, with with a packet of hot sauce. And, you know, it's moments like these where I think maybe life isn't so horrific. You know, maybe there there's still beauty to be had. What does Emily say in our town? I don't know. She says something like it's a beautiful life or some shit. I don't know. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe prior to our town, maybe prior to dying, Emily had a last moment with a soft taco. Or maybe in death, 
She was looking from the great beyond. And yes, she missed her family. But what she really missed was the joy of being able to bite into, to taste a soft taco. I I don't think ghosts get... Do ghosts get to eat? Honestly, whenever I think about, like, any sort of afterlife at all... Because usually, as I've said before on the show... I'm totally down with death. Dying, not that into. Unless I I want a quick, painless death. It does not seem fair to me that some people get like a super painless, easy, die-in-your-sleep death. Or like, you know, I don't even care how I die. I just want it to be instantaneous. You know, it doesn't seem fair that some people get an instantaneous death and some people's are prolonged. I know that life is not fair and thus death is also not fair. But it does still seem a little odd. Um, But... Death to me has always seemed like I'm down with it. I'm 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 DWD. I'm down with death, but the dying, not that into. I don't. I I, I you know I I don't want the experience of choking. I don't. I, I'm. I fear that suffocating sensation. Um, I've been afraid of choking ever since uh, I was young and was chewing a piece of watermelon gum and some of the extra spit that the watermelon gum generated sort of got stuck. And I, you know, couldn't breathe for a moment. And it's, it's always like, if you can talk, you can breathe. And I couldn't talk. Um, it wasn't the gum itself. It was the, it was the spittle from the gum. But, um, you know, and, and I think since then I've been always, te- I'm always testing to make sure that I can breathe, you know. But, but death itself, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with. Like, I'm, I'm really okay with, with death itself, I think. Um, I mean, who knows. But there is one element of death that I'm. That, that makes me nervous and I'm reminded of this because of this question of whether you can eat in death because like honestly if it's if heaven's gonna be like if there is heaven or whatever which you know I don't really believe in like an up in the clouds type heaven I see it as more of like metaphoric like I'm very down with like the Saint Francis prayer I think the Saint Francis prayer for those of you who don't know it's a beautiful prayer it's like Lord make me a channel of your peace that where there's hatred I may bring love that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony. That where there is error, I may bring truth. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith. That where there is despair, I may bring hope. That I think shadows, light, sadness, joy. You get the picture. It's like really, the first time I read that prayer, I was like, whole, it wasn't in a church, but it was like, I was like, holy fucking shit. I was like, well, this is how you live. And then I realized like it's a lot easier said than done. Like, I mean... Where there's hatred, I may bring love. Like, try doing that for a day. Um, I have not yet been able to fully. Um, you know, where there's wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. Um, about half an hour ago, I just got in a fight with somebody over a parking spot. So, uh, there was no forgiveness. Um, you know, disc- where there's discord, I may bring harmony. I-, I bring a lot of harmony. I have to say, usually I'm pretty conflict-diverse. You know, I'm pretty conflict-diverse most of the time. But, but so... With the St. Francis prayer, it's like, you know, I see that as more of... And and so at the end of the St. Francis prayer, they say, um, you know, that in dying, I may awaken to eternal life. And it's like, um, you know, I get that. I think like that's, that's the heaven. It's like the ego death, right? The dying of the ego. That's, that's... I mean, it, it feels, it's not comfortable when, like, you're lo- when the ego is dying. Like, ego death is, you know, the dying. Dying is never, you know, I'm not into dying. But the death, I think, the ego death, that to me seems like it would be a heaven, right? But, like, but so in terms of, but so I don't believe in, like, this linear heaven. But if there was a linear, if there, 
I don't mean to say linear, but you know, like a top down, like skyward type, skyward down type heaven. But if there was a skyward down type heaven, um, you know, it wouldn't be heaven for me if I couldn't eat whatever the fuck I wanted all the time. Like I would just always be eating, like forget sex. Like I, you know, I I am somewhat, um, I think about sex a lot. Um, I, I would say I'm a person who is pretty desirous, pretty much lives in fantasy, but I honestly think that if I could, um, food was my first love, food was my first addiction, you know, if, if I could just ABE, always be eating, I don't think I'd need sex anymore, I think I'd be like, you know what, because I mean, I, I'm about to start chicken taco, I'm, I'm on my last bite now of this, um, of the, of the supreme, and, um, and then I'll be turning to chicken soft taco. I mean, these tacos are not big. I gotta say, like, yeah, they're you know only 180 calories, but like, I, I mean, they're not they're not that big. But I guess what do you expect, right? Um, but that's why I got two. I mean, can you imagine getting one taco? That would be like, that would be a fucking nightmare. Um, but yeah, so a heaven or in death, you know, it's like have a good have a great death. I'll have a great death when I can be like, you know, like a day in the life of a good death for me would be like wake up two bagels with cream cheese chocolate chip cookie the size of my head hot chocolate pad thai for lunch also throw in a delicious uh new york pizza maybe not a whole pizza just like two two big slices big titties as my friends used to call them um some of my new york friends used to call these big slices big titties um you know throw in some shit ass chinese food you know some like some fake Chinese American panda esque stuff. Um, throw in a tuna melt. Throw in a giant bag of candy from one of those candy stores where you pick all the candies. You know, this this is a day. This is my that that I'm fine. That's a day in my heaven. You know, combos. Love combos. I gotta do a combos episode. Do people still eat combos? Do combos still exist? I think they do. Um, throw in a bag of Doritos. Throw in some easy cheese. Um, throw in throw in some real mint chocolate chip ice cream. You know, I just want to, I just want to be eating throughout the day. But, but so anyway, but so, um, but I, but I usually don't think of death in those terms as like a, you know, this is my heaven and I get like, it's more of a, you know, um, I don't know, really know what it is. I actually don't know. Um, I am not, I'm here to tell you that I don't know what happens after death. Surprisingly. I know that many are convinced that they know. Um, I'm not convinced. I do not know. But what I do know is that, you know, I think ego death is a way, um, perhaps. Um, but I also, one thing that I do fear about death, I don't really fear death, you know, only dying in general. But one thing that I do fear about death is I'm like, it's the you can't take it with you thing. And I often am thinking about my Nicorette gum. Like, am I not going to be able to have, like, like if I'm, if I'm somehow, if like ghost me is me, but just a ghost, like, what the fuck, dude, I'm not gonna have my fucking Nicorette, um, you know, that's terrifying to me, that is the one thing that I feel like, you know, I don't know, the thought of going without is just truly terrifying, but, um, you know, but, but, but I think that if I am a, a ghost that is able to, that, that I'm a ghost who craves, you know, that if there is craving in ghostiness, um, then perhaps, let me just, I'm just going to unwrap the chicken taco. Then let me, uh, then perhaps 
Oh, and it is stuck. This shit is congealed. Um, then let, you know, if I am a ghost who craves, then I'll, then I will, I, I will probably, since I won't be worrying so much about my ghostly figure, you know, um, I, I think I, like I wouldn't really, I like, I use Nicorette as like a substitution for food often. I think, you know, I started smoking cigarettes when I was 16 in the throes of an eating disorder. You know, I, I came out of that to a large extent. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not sick anymore per se. I'm still, uh, one might say mentally completely, uh, fucked up about food, but it's not the same realm, but, but nicotine was the thing that it never left, you know, it never left. And, um, so, you know, I'm like, fuck not going to be able to take that with me. But I think that, you know, if, if I am a ghost who craves, if I am a ghost who craves, I think that, you know, I'll just go with food. And, um, because if in death I can't, um, you know, if in death I still have body dysmorphia, then, well, I guess I'm in hell then, you know, that I'm, I'm in hell. So, you know, that's like my theory or that's my, that's my thoughts about, um, about me and Nicorette and the afterlife and, and Taco Bell. Now, someone asked me recently, is Taco Bell goth? Uh, to which I would say, absolutely. Taco Bell is goth as fuck. Um, Pizza Hut, also goth. It's, you know, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. Um, Arby's, not goth. Carl's Jr., not goth. Um, Applebee's isn't goth either. Sorry. Denny's, Denny's is questionable. Denny's is questionable. I'd say Denny's is not goth, but like diners, just like unbranded diners are like deep goth. Um, but Taco Bell, definitely goth. And, um, what makes Taco Bell goth in part to me is there's something, there's a sexy, it's, it, to me, it feels exotic because as a kid, I didn't go to Taco Bell. We were, um, when I had fast food as a kid, it was McDonald's. And it was Wendy's. I mean, fucking Wendy's. Talk about not goth. But when I was a kid, there was something called the Wendy's Super Bar. And while not goth, um, it was a child binge eater's dream. The fucking Super Bar. My dad would take me there. um, Because my mother wouldn't take me there. You know, because it was like... It was binge time. And um, sometimes with a friend, and I would go. And they had three sections of the... Wendy Super Bar. It was like a, they tried to do like a multi-international situation. So there was the Italian bar with like all the pastas. It was basically like Olive Garden, also not goth, shrunk into a, into like a, a salad bar. The next section was the quote unquote Mexican section. Um, it was a hot cheese lover's delight. You know, I've always been into the fake hot cheese. I, I really do hope that in heaven, um, I am given, um, I'm late, it is ladled over me in warm quantities. Um, it was a hot cheese lover's delight. And then there was the salad bar portion, which, okay. The salad bar portion, I remember a couple of things. I remember there was diced ham. I remember there was canned fruits. I remember there was chocolate, vanilla, and wait for it, butterscotch pudding. I mean, that fucking super bar, it was just like every food that I was not allowed to eat, like wrapped up into one. Um, it really was, it really was a treasure trove. And when I think of the, when I think of the super bar, I also think of 
Full House and Steve Urkel because a, a perfect Friday night would be a trip to the Wendy's Super Bar, load up, you go up a couple times, you know, you're allowed, you're allowed back, or I don't know if you were allowed back, but I always went back up like, you know, thrice after you've eaten the hot cheese out of your um, paper divided plate, you then use that uh, section for pudding. And afterwards, you'd go home, you'd watch a little Full House, DJ Tanner, shout out. I mean, they were all kind of annoying. Was anyone not annoying on Full House? Bob Saget's actually pretty cool, but like the rest of them, I don't know. You'd watch a little Full House, and then you'd watch a little Family Matters. And there would be Steve Urkel and the gang. And it was just, you know, like, shit was okay. You know, like on a Friday night... Saturdays, I felt like the weekend was already sort of coming to an end. Sundays were a nightmare and full throttle depression because you had to go back to school the next day. And it's like, it's already over. You know, it's all already over. If um, the weekend is life and school is the dying process, you know, you're already dying by Sunday. But, um, but I really loved, um, I really loved a Friday night spent at the super bar and then and then uh, swaddled in Steve Urkel. So, you know, I guess that the experience that I have with a with these soft tacos and and this chicken taco, by the way, I mean, I'm literally eating like paper with purple on it. Like it's just, I mean, which as I touched on on the pretzel episode, I don't mind. But this is sort of a it's a waxy paper, and um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, it's sort of you take it out, you take it as it comes. You know, this is the moment. This is the moment I've been given. Uh, this is my chicken taco moment. And so, um, you know, I, I say, yes, I choose to accept, I choose to accept this papery chicken soft taco moment. So what else? Well, uh, things can always get worse. I think is the lesson this week. Um, last week I was complaining about, um, or rather expressing that there's a dead body smell, uh, coming out of the air conditioning of my 13 year old car. Um, well, things can always get worse. So, so, uh, shortly thereafter, um, I was in the parking lot at Gelson's of all places, of course, because I have to go there every day for the cheesecakes. Uh, perhaps this story is another liability of my addiction as, as you know, things, things start to pile up and you see that your life has become unmanageable. Perhaps the cheesecakes have made my life unmanageable. So I was in the parking lot, um, and I was getting ready to leave and I was behind a big Jeep Wrangler, some bro in a Jeep Wrangler. Um, and I guess he pulled out of the parking lot a little too far into the street. Maybe he was afraid he was going to get hit trying to make a left turn. Um, and so he put his car in reverse and slam. He, he moved back uh, a little too far. He just went flying back, slammed his car into mine. Uh, so now old trusty um, is injured. I'm, I'm still in it. Um, but it looks as though... My car right now looks like as though there were a giant vampire and the, the vampire took a, took a big bite out of the front of the car. There are these two massive sort of holes in the front of my car. And, you know, I'm just driving around like it, like that, you know, whatever. Um, for the first day when it happened, I was like really bummed out about it. 
Um, I also was really um, PMS, which, by the way, uh, PMS is real, okay? Hormones, real. They're real. Maybe that's not the most, like, I don't know. Is it is it is it feminist or not feminist um, to say that PMS is real? Um, am I, you know, whatever. Um, it, it, ladies and gentlemen, in my experience, hormones are fucking real. And um, I was feeling vulnerable, wounded, um, soft, soft in my identity, like, like as though anything could just kind of come and blow me away, um, which is kind of how I feel every day. But this was like a little, a little, you know, it had the extra hormonal element. And so um, I was really bummed about it. And the first day I sort of was feeling like somehow the front of the car and the damage to the front of the car like reflected on me somehow. Like I'm, I have two giant holes in me. I mean, I guess this is part of living in Los Angeles. You really start to like identify with your car. And now I'm not even thinking about it. You know, I'm just like tooling around and whatever, I, you know. But um, he, but I think his insurance is going to cover it and it's all going to get taken care of. Um, and the situation will be rectified. Right after he backed up into me and hit me, um, he like kind of got out of his car and he's like, I'm so sorry. He was, he was, I think British. He was like, I'm so sorry. I'm having a terrible day. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, now I am too. You know, like what, what do you say to that? But you know, I just, we exchanged information. Then I was like, oh fuck. Like maybe I shouldn't have given him my insurance and stuff since it was his fault. I don't fucking know. You know, I don't know how to handle that kind of shit. I was really at that point, I was in such a sort of bad mood. Like I didn't even want to talk to him. I was like, oh great. Like I almost felt like in that moment, the worst part was having to have interaction with another human being, you know? Um, and then I started playing the game of like, well, if I had just left like a minute earlier or a minute after, like this wouldn't have happened. Um, but you know, thank God pickle was with me and thank God he was totally fine. Um, he, he flew a little bit from the seat kind of down to like the, the rug part, you know, the, the floor. Um, but you know, the guy, I mean, he didn't hit me that hard cause he, I, first of all, I wasn't even moving and he was, you know, in a parking lot reversing. So it was like, it wasn't like, I don't know, but it, it made me think, you know, do like, should I get a, should I get a child seat for pickle? Like, what do I do? Am I, I don't know. I don't know because God forbid would have been a whole other situation. And you know, when the guy approached the car, Pickle started barking. Pickle is always like, he's like a guard dog. Like when you like least need him to be, he's kind of reminds me of this meme. Like I saw this dog meme once that was like a picture of a dog sleeping. And it was like, and it was like burglar and the dog's asleep. And then it's like murderer and the dog's asleep. And it's like mugger and the dog's asleep. And then it's like cheese wrapper and the dog's like huh like that's pickle you know so uh yeah so my trusty defense hound uh you know and and actually I feel like I feel like in Los Angeles you know they used to be like super like dogs could go fucking anywhere and nobody gave a shit and pickle is officially um an emotional support companion I my psychiatrist wrote a letter um, I mean, it's like three years old, but I like carry it around in my wallet. And it, and it was funny because when I was getting it, I was like, mm, like, I kind of feel bad. Like, am I lying? And then I'm like, wait a minute. If anybody needs a fucking emotional support companion, it is I. Um, but actually the only person who needs an emotional support companion more than I do is probably Pickle. Like he could really use, um, <clears throat> an emotional support something. We've tried to grow our pack, but, um, 
he he doesn't really you know he wants to be an only child he wants to be an only child he every once in a while he'll like fall in love with another dog there was a dog on our old street in venice named biscotti who i know he had a thing for i could just tell um and when i spoke uh when i talked to the dog psychic um i spoke with the dog psychic once early on um in my and pickles life together um you know, when I spoke with the dog psychic, the psychic, um, said that there was a special someone that pickle had a crush on, on the block. Um, the psychic also said, uh, here were, here were some things that the psychic said. The psychic said that pickle, um, when she addressed him, he said, that's Mr. Pickle to you. Um, she said that she asked him, she said, how are you doing today? And he said, I've got a little gas. Uh, this was basically so, you know, going to this dog psychic was kind of like, if you like it, I recommend it if you, if you're in the mood to like take money and like burn it in the street, like this is sort of, but you know, I mean, what can I say? I love this dog. You know, she said that he definitely sees himself. He said, I am the new baby, but it's like, of course, like anyone who's going to a fucking dog psychic, obviously like treats their dog like a baby. But so pickle like you know we've tried to grow the pack a couple of times i've fostered a couple other dogs but he gets real he he's like bitch out of my way like i felt really bad for the other dogs because i know that if i was a foster dog we you know i'm thinking of doing like foster to adopt but we want the right one so it's like all right you foster the dog you do a good service and then like if it's not a fit then you like you know at least you've gotten this dog out of the shelter and then until he gets adopted but so if I were a foster dog, though, I'd be like, oh, now I gotta, like, live with this, like, ornery, ornery little bitch. Like, I, I just felt bad for the dog. So I think next time I'm gonna do, like, a bigger dog, um, which Pickle definitely will not like. But at least then when Pickle, like, bullies the, the big dog, I won't feel so bad. Because you know the big dog will just be like, alright, little man. You know, whatevs. So... Um, because it, I definitely want to grow the pack and I think Pickle just needs to remember he's a dog, you know, like I think he does not, he does not know he's a dog. Um, occasionally, you know, like when a fly flies by, he'll like chase the fly or like, um, you know, if we're at the beach, he'll like dig a massive hole or every once in a while he'll want to like roll in the mud. Um, but, but he truthfully, I think thinks he is, he's a baby, you know, he thinks and knows he's a baby because, um, you know, I am that childless woman who treats her dog like a baby. I am that, I am that childless milf, childless by choice, but nonetheless, you know, my dog has become, uh, my little baby. So like, I'm trying to think of what else the dog psychic said. Um, first of all, it was done by phone. It was not done in person, uh, which should just give you the tip off. But um, but it was weird because she was like, okay, well, um, about like, you know, 15 minutes before we start, Pickle's going to, before the call, Pickle will get very quiet and he will settle down and um, he will look like he's napping. Now, granted, Pickle's like often napping, so, you know, that was a pretty good guess. But um, it was weird because about like 15 minutes before the call, Pickle curled into uh, what I like to call his cashew shape. He forms he forms a cashew. Um, another another version you could also call it maybe a stuffed shell. 
is what he looks like. You know, those, those Italian stuffed shells. Um, but so he, he cashewed. Um, and, um, so that was really weird. Um, but you know, and of course, like I'm so insecure, you know, like I'm, I'm like so obsessed with this dog and so insecure. The first thing I'm like, I'm like, does he love us? And my husband's like, oh my God. Um, but then of course my husband's like, is he happy with us? Like, you know, cause he can't like resist either. And we're both just like, like, please tell us that this dog loves us. Um, and she, she told us that he had gone, Pickle had come a great journey. I mean, it couldn't have been that great of a journey cause, um, he had only, he had only been alive a year, but, um, but that he knew we were his forever home and she was going to reiterate to him that we were his forever home. You know, this was it. Um, and I don't think she did a great job because Pickle, uh, whenever like I'm leaving to go somewhere, um, Pickle still has really bad separation anxiety to the point that like he sort of has now like memorized the types of behaviors that occur before either me or my husband leave the house. And it can be either one of us, like no one's allowed to leave. Like the pack must remain intact. Neither, neither of us are allowed to leave even if one of us is home. So like, it'll get to the point where I'm like putting on my shoes Um, and like, he starts getting very upset. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's the primal wound, you know, he has the primal wound. He was abandoned. He was left in a parking lot. Um, fucking assholes. Who the fuck would leave pickle in a parking lot is what I want to know. Um, but he was abandoned and found in a parking lot. So, I mean, you know, whatever. It's the primal wound. Look, we can do all the therapy we want. Um, and I have this one friend who always is like, you know, we really can like fully heal from stuff. Like we can fully heal so that we don't have it anymore. And I'm like, "Mm," like my experience has been, we can, um, you know, like there are certain things like, like, like with my sobriety, for example, like I, I, I treat it like a diabetic treats their diabetes, but it's not, it's not gone. Like my alcoholism isn't gone, you know? And that's how I sort of feel about like some of these primal wounds. Like pickle can have it fucking good, you know, like he can be on all the fucking CBD. He can be on, we had him on Prozac for a little while. It really was the whole, whole family on Prozac, but, um, it really, it wasn't, it wasn't doing anything for him. So I just was like, well, why medicate him if he doesn't need it? But you know, like you can do all the stuff for the dog, but he's got the primal wound, you know, he's got, he, it, it, he was, he was an impressionable young baby when this happened, when he was abandoned in the parking lot. And so what can you do? You know, it's, it's, you know, psychic or no psychic. Um, and believe me, I've been to many psychics and healers in my time. And like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, we can, we work with what we have. But I don't know that Pickle will ever be rendered totally sane. Um, Nor do I think that I will ever, you know, be, like, rendered, like, psychically uh, pure, if you want to call it. Or, like, you know, I won't have my shit. Um, You know, we have our shit. And so that's, you know, that's the story. But so maybe Pickle did take from that session on some level, like, all right, this is my forever home, but he's still like, you assholes, 
whenever, you know, we leave the house and, and barks a lot and gets very upset. Um, so look, this is how it is. Um, would I want a perfect dog? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't even think I'd know what to do with like one of those dogs. First of all, like, like one of those like purebred motherfucker, like a Maltese or some shit. I don't even think Maltese are cute. Sorry, sorry to any listeners who have a Maltese, but like, I, I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not a white fluffy dog person. Um, but like, if I had some dog that was like, you know, really obedient and like really like not um, emotionally and mentally challenged, I, I don't know like if I would relate to it so much. And I always wonder, I'm like, okay, well, did like, have we made Pickle crazy because we're like neurotic and talkative or like, and like, you know, I have anxiety disorder and depression or like, did I just choose the craziest one? Um, cause it's been said that Pickle and I look alike, which I mean, it's fucking flattering. Like, let's be honest. I am happy to look like my hound, but, um, but in terms of like personality wise, we've got a lot in common, you know? And I have to wonder, like, did I pick out, did I just know, did I just know that, that, um, that he was traumatized in many of the same ways that, that I am? I don't know. So on that note, um, I hope that you and all of your pets, those of you who have who have pets, um, have a wonderful. I don't know even. I never even know what to say at this point. Life, night, day. I hope I, I hope that shit's good for you. Um, and that's about it. And I'll see you on the flip side. Bye bye.